You're listening to the Companions Audio Articles. I'm Rebecca Davis. I suppose it could be said that Seven of Nine's appearance on Star Trek Voyager was not seen by my ninth or tenth grade self as a good thing. I felt acutely aware of what the producers were doing, bringing this busty blonde in a tight cat suit onto my favorite show, who had enough badass women, thank you very much. It may also be interesting to note that my own queerness had not been a thing I had considered yet. But Seven grew on me over the seasons of Voyager, just as she did the rest of the crew. And now, with her solidly a main character on Picard and her fully acknowledged queerness, she definitely ranks as one of my all-time favorites. Alice Walker does a great job in this article taking us through not only Seven's queer awakening and evolution, but Trek's in general. Though we now have amazing representation within shows like Star Trek Discovery, with healthy LGBTQIA2S plus characters and relationships, issues we are facing today show we still have a way to go with acceptance, acknowledgement, and love. I look forward to Star Trek continuing to push boundaries in representation and continuing to be a guiding light for humanity. Seven's Queerness is No Surprise to Voyager Fans by Alice Walker Warning, this article contains spoilers for the Star Trek Voyager episodes Scorpion Part 2, Someone to Watch Over Me, and Endgame, the Star Trek Picard audio No Man's Land, and the Star Trek Picard episodes at In Arcadia Ego Part 2 and Farewell. Proceed with caution. Star Trek as a franchise has always had characters and relationships that the eager-eyed public has read as LGBTQ+. The most notable, the uh, reading of all fandom queer readings, would be James Kirk and Spock, or Spurk as the internet lovingly calls them. They took the world by storm and are without a doubt two of the most iconic TV characters of all time. But there are other, just as sexually ambiguous characters that flew slightly more under the radar, such as Star Trek Voyager's own Seven of Nine, the ex-Borg who lived to be the foil for Captain Janeway herself, and whose character arc long left LGBTQ plus folks wondering if she was one of them. At the close of 2020, in the Star Trek Picard episode at In Arcadia Ego Part 2, fans were vindicated. A few things come to mind when speaking of Seven of Nine back in her Star Trek Voyager years. Firstly, there is the obvious, her tight-fitting silver catsuit, which in the thin context of the show is there to help her skin regenerate. In reality, it was designed to entice viewers back to Voyager when it was suffering from anemic ratings. Looking back, that is undoubtedly something that leaves an unpleasant taste in the mouths of 21st century audiences, especially given that she was such a compelling character. Nonetheless, ratings shot up 67%. Her character arc is the second thing that comes to mind. Seven has arguably the most interesting character arc out of the entire Voyager crew. Her introduction at the beginning of season four in the Star Trek Voyager episode Scorpion Part Two is nothing short of iconic. There's a reason why she is one of the most beloved Star Trek characters of all time. Her journey from emotionless Borg drone through the tumultuous valley of trauma and self in search of her humanity is captivating. But also, a little bit gay? Let me explain. A Queer History of Star Trek 
While Star Trek the original series began in the mid-60s, the first official gay romance didn't hit the Star Trek universe until as late as 2017 on Star Trek Discovery with married male crewmates Hugh Culber and Paul Stamets. The show did eventually go for the notorious bury your gaze trope in the Star Trek Discovery episode Despite Yourself, but you could also say they went for that in Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan with Spock's death. Yes, you could. Shut up. Or when, in the final episode of Star Trek Voyager, Endgame, Seven dies in older Admiral Janeway's reality, so she comes back from the future to save her life. Totally platonically. Lots of that going about, isn't there? In the 50 years between the show starting in 1966 and the fans getting representation, there were multiple cries from fans to make an LGBTQ character canon. Gene Roddenberry, the creator of the universe, said in a 1991 interview with The Humanist, My attitude toward homosexuality has changed. I came to the conclusion that I was wrong. I gave the impression of being thoughtless in these areas. I have over many years changed my attitude about gay men and women. There were hopes following that statement that Star Trek would finally see some gay characters, but Roddenberry died before it could come to fruition. Enter Seven of Nine, the ex-Borg that stole the hearts of men and women alike after her debut in 1997. Jerry Ryan's captivating performance is one of the best things to come out of the second half of Star Trek Voyager and deserves a lot of praise. Her journey to finding her humanity was arduous and required a lot of soul searching set against the backdrop of a society that sometimes viewed her with suspicion. Seven is finding her true self and the parts of her that have been suppressed by conditioning. She struggles for years to come to terms with herself, to cast off the previous indoctrination she had, and to discover and embrace who she really is. Those first steps are some of the hardest as she moves further and further from life as a drone. She frequently becomes frustrated and impatient and pines for the sense of belonging she felt in her old life, one where she wasn't an object of fear, fascination, or fetish. Sound familiar? But it isn't just about her journey after being Borg. Prior to this, she was a human child who was kidnapped and converted, growing up a cog in the larger Borg collective. Her forced conversion could easily be likened to LGBTQ people being forced to hold down their truth and feeling pressured to fit in the heteronormative mold of wider society. It is worth noting that, based solely on her attire, Seven was set up as a gay icon without really trying. The showrunners were so desperate to adhere to the male gaze that they gave her a flashy, silvery catsuit and pinned-up platinum blonde hair. It's a camp dream, and it's been cosplayed to infinity by all genders alike. Seven herself didn't seem too pleased with the getup, but it most certainly awakened things in closeted women, me included. And it's possible that, thanks to her costume, she was considered an LGBTQ icon long before the show itself gave us a hint that she might actually be queer. Speaking in 2012, Ryan chalked her gay following down to her problematic early look. She says, It was probably the outfit. Let's face it, Seven was just a little bit fabulous. A glib remark, perhaps, but one rooted in some reality. Severe and statuesque in glittering silver with improbable Barbie doll breasts, high heels, and a ribbed corset, Seven of Nine, as she first appeared, represented the sort of aggressive and transgressive depiction of femininity that was typically found in the gay icons from Madonna to Lady Gaga. Seven of Nine's Queer Coding 
In the show, the crew of Voyager is unable to entirely remove Seven's Borg implants, or initially, her tight cat suit, and her trauma persists. The crew does their best to give her a life where she can live freely, now emotionally distanced from what she once was, and living as her true self. She even gets lessons in humanity from the Doctor and Janeway. In the 1999 Star Trek Voyager episode, Someone to Watch Over Me, the Doctor teaches Seven about human dating, and it almost feels like a slap in the face for him not to explore queer relationships more at this moment. You'd think that by the 24th century, they would have evolved beyond that. Clearly the 90s writing shining through. It's Janeway's question of, have you ever considered trying it yourself? Romance, I mean. That really steals the show. It's moments like this that explain why the romantic pairing of Janeway and Seven has such a strong following in fan fiction circles, echoing the classic slash fiction dynamic between Kirk and Spock. With Janeway's interest in Seven's love life and Seven's reluctance to find a man all unfolding on screen, the romance really writes itself. Alas, Seven and Janeway did not become canon, nor did Seven and Bellana Torres, or Seven and any female crew member. This lack of romance can be partially explained by the fact that she spends many years dealing with the trauma that the Borg inflicted on her. When asked about romance, she brushes it off at first, then states that Voyager has no mates on board, specifically after she is told by the doctor, as heteronormative as he is curmudgeonly, that men and women couple up. It was only at the end of the final season that she was given a conventional on-screen romance, one that many fans see as rushed or unlikely her romance with Chakotay. Their coupling is not one that is totally well-received by fans. There are those out there who would have preferred Seven to be with Captain Janeway. It is important to note that Janeway took on a familial tutor role, perhaps even maternal, but the promise of their pairing is more well-received in fandom than the reality of Seven and Chakotay. The pairing of Janeway and Seven does beg the question of, would these two women getting together have felt wrong? It would have been gay representation, sure, but that pairing always felt like it was maternal. On more than one occasion, the two went above and beyond for each other. One example being when Janeway enters Borg territory to try and find the Borg technology to save Seven's life as her node is failing. It was a big risk, a risk she was willing to take. Seven had a deep personal relationship with Captain Janeway, often questioning her motives and driving Janeway to look inside herself more the two learned from each other and made each other better. It was entirely platonic as far as canon goes. And that isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's great to see a powerful female duo on TV. That said, J7 is massively popular in the fan fiction community. And it's not like the foundations are weak. The Seven and Janeway dynamic is much loved and a great back and forth. The deep friendship Catherine gains with Seven leads to thousands online shipping the pair, claiming that Seven and Janeway were destined to be together. So now we have the fandom covered. Why didn't Seven's sexuality become canon during Star Trek Voyager's run? What was going on behind the scenes? Seven's long road to canonical queerness. It's no secret that behind the scenes, Jerry Ryan and Kate Mulgrew had a feud of sorts. It has since been resolved, but it's been recorded that filming scenes between them was tense at best. This escalated, and Ryan expressed that she used to be stressed to go to work when she had scenes alongside Mulgrew. Garrett Wong, who played Harry Kim, stated that 
Kate's anger was not directed toward Jerry Ryan. It was directed toward the character of Seven of Nine. They have since buried the hatchet. Mulgrew made it clear that it was her fault and that she had wished at the time that the show could have survived with just Janeway as a powerful female, instead of having to bring in a sex symbol for ratings. While it is over now, the feud may explain in part why a romance between the two was never an option. Had the show been made under different circumstances, or in the more open-minded world of today, maybe Seven and Janeway would have been in-game. Or perhaps Bolana Torres would have been the better fit, what with her and Seven's contrasting personalities and fiery debates, that the audience loves to watch blossom into something more. Both were outsiders, viewed with suspicion because of their inherent otherness as emotionally abrupt ex-Borg and part Klingon Maquis. It might seem like a reach, but it really wasn't. The Voyager Visibility Project, which was lobbying the network to act on Gene Roddenberry's 1991 promise that gay and lesbian characters would be included, was cautious but hopeful that Seven would be the character they were looking for. A press release from the organization on September 4th, 1997, the day after Seven's on-screen debut in the season four premiere, Scorpion Part Two, opened, Sources at the offices of Star Trek Voyager producers Jerry Taylor, Richard Berman, and Michael Piller have revealed that the new board character played by actress Jerry Ryan will eventually be revealed as a lesbian, making her the first gay character to appear on the series. The project's director, Tim Perkins, was cautiously hopeful, adding, The producers of Trek have delayed so long that the addition of this character may be anticlimactic. However, the fact that she exists in a future where there is total acceptance of her orientation allows the character to develop and act in ways that a gay or lesbian character in a comedy or drama set in today's society could not. This character could still make history for Trek, although at this point I personally think a male character would have more impact. At first I was leery about the idea of the evolving realization of sexuality, but Seven of Nine literally has no sexual experience. The fact that she realizes she is a lesbian means that she has to interact with at least one female crew member who identifies herself as a lesbian. And that's good news. I can't wait to meet the gay couple in security who become their best friends. Star Trek Voyager co-creator and executive producer Jerry Taylor lamented to TV Guide that her push for a gay character had eventually been rejected, lending credence to the rumor. It is something I'm absolutely sympathetic with, and I have tried several times to do it. But for various reasons, there has been opposition, and it gradually became clear that this is a fight I could not win. Throughout her time on the show, Kate Mulgrew also had thoughts on this lack of representation. She acknowledged in 2002, once the show had finished, that gay characters should have been introduced into the franchise and still should be. She says, Rick Berman, who is a very sagacious man, has been very firm about certain things. I've approached him many, many times over the years about getting a gay character on the show, one whom we could really love, not just a guest star. She then apologized for the representation not occurring during her own show, but it was out of her hands. The people running things just weren't allowing an LGBTQ character. While there is little representation throughout the entire franchise, it is still incredibly popular among the LGBTQ community. As it is a show that routinely makes the impossible possible, it's no surprise that many flock to Star Trek for comfort. Outside of Seven of Nine, some have likened the character of Jadzia and then Ezri Dax in Star Trek Deep Space Nine to the life of a transgender person. And many storylines spanning the various shows have had queer readings. An example of this is Star Trek The Next Generation's The Outcast where Riker meets and falls in love with a member of the Janai, a race that has no gender. 
The choice of casting a female actor in that role was something Jonathan Frakes disapproved of, as references to LGBTQ were few and far between. Seven's queerness in Star Trek Picard. It was incredibly exciting for Star Trek fans in 2019, queer or otherwise, to learn that Seven of Nine would be returning to our screens in Star Trek Picard. While the show itself got mixed reviews and many were unhappy to see Seven transformed into such a bloodthirsty character, fans were surprised to see hints of a lesbian relationship blossoming between Seven and a new character, Rafi Mosiker. Don't get your hopes up here. The actual queer representation we see in Picard doesn't arrive with much fanfare. It's undeniable that Seven had chemistry with Bejazel in Stardust City Rag, until she killed her. But what got people talking was at the end of the season when Seven and Raffi, who had barely interacted, held hands. Not exactly the best representation, and definitely fitting with how Star Trek portrayed queer characters in the past. While it overjoyed many fans online, it left others wondering why they didn't go further to portray Seven's sexuality better. For the most part, Star Trek Picard let the full-cast audio drama No Man's Land do the heavy lifting. Inspired by the real chemistry between the two actors in the show, Jerry Ryan and Michelle Hurd chose to deepen the romantic relationship between their characters, culminating with their on-screen kiss at the close of season two. Because no matter how you come, Borg or human, you are the most extraordinary person I know, says Raffi in the Star Trek Picard episode Farewell. Many queer people, myself included, had a fascination with Seven's journey to becoming herself, her true self, and her captivating on-screen presence was always a comfort. With or without our vindication in Star Trek Picard, Seven's arc always read as profoundly queer. Legendary LGBTQ newspaper The Bay Area Reporter had it right in 1998 when they stated, All permutations of Star Trek are so queer-coded, it amazes me that straight people haven't caught on. We hope you enjoyed the full production of the Companions audio articles, a brand new immersive way to experience our original stories. The audio articles producer is myself, Rebecca Davis, and our wider team includes Lawrence Cow, Nick Hayward, Tommy Valentine, Ben Herbert, and James Hoare. Our theme song is by Lo-Fi Geek. If you'd like to support us, help us spread the word. Share one of these audio articles with some of your friends and head on over to the companion.app for lots more content, including long reads and live events. Until next week, companions, be kind to yourself and to everybody else. Thank you for listening.